Good afternoon, Boise. You are listening to KRBX 89.9 FM Radio Boise. I am Jared Cosby, and this is Idaho Speakeasy along with Phil Mountain. Phil, how you doing, buddy? I'm terrific. Good deal. we got a great show for you today. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Idaho Speakeasy, we, we try to uncover and unearth um, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, leaders, thought provokers, people in the community that have a, a story to tell, and today is no different. Uh, I'd like to introduce our guests. We do have the Department of the Idaho Department of Commerce on today. We have the director, Bobby Joe Muehlman, and marketing Chief Marketing Innovation Officer, Matt Barud. Thank you guys for coming on today. Thank yeah. you. Welcome. Thank, Thank you very much. All right. They, they're here. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I swear yeah. they are here. So. <laughs> We're here. Excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Well, good. So, All right. So uh, we are really excited to have you guys on here at a time when, boy, Idaho is just growing really, really fast. Um, you guys have a really cool infographic on your website that talks about, you know, number one state for job growth in the nation, um, for growth in the nation. I mean, all kinds of stuff going on here. So that's you guys, right? You're you're taking full responsibility for that, right? <laughs> Just the two, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think we can take full responsibility for that, but we're really lucky um, at the Idaho Department of Commerce to be part of such an exciting time right now for our state you know we are we're going gangbusters and idaho is definitely open for business and on the map yeah that's terrific yeah it has been fascinating to to sort of see the evolution over the last few years and to kind of get that front row seat as as the state overall really uh, evolves i mean it's it's different in all corners of the state but collectively it really is kind of monumental when you look at some of those national metrics mm -hmm. and some of those rankings and things like that it's it's stunning it's pretty stunning yeah i mean and especially the i think probably the most important one for idaho is the fact that we're number one for job growth right i mean that's that's huge that's huge yeah i think you know our our job growth fastest growing state in the nation i mean that coupled with a lot of other things is really, I think, put Boise on the map in the past few years and Idaho. Yeah. And so, you know, we hear a lot about the fact that the the hourly wage, right, is, is lower here than other places. And there's a lot of – but the jobs that are coming here and the stuff that's growing, those are not entry-level wages. Those are not minimum wage jobs. No, and, and to go back to those rankings, I mean, there was a, there was a ranking – earlier this year that talked about Idaho's non-farm wages also leading the country in, in growth. Yeah. So you're not only looking at population growth and job growth, but we're also seeing non-farm wages increase as well. Is there still you know, big room for, for growth there? Absolutely. But, sure. but uh, yeah, I mean, many of these jobs are, are, are very high-end jobs. And we were, we were actually just looking at some, some numbers earlier today in preparation for a, a presentation Bobby Joe's doing next week. And some of these traditional industries that, that have long been, you know, the pillars of Idaho's economy, as you look at like a 10-year growth outlook, they're, they're not growing at the same pace as, as other industries, but you look at the wage growth in some of those, and, and while, yeah, they're maybe not creating as many jobs as they once were, they're paying a lot more than they than they have before. So there is sort of this And so talk about the, what, what are those industries then that may not be adding the number but are growing in wages? You know, it's a lot of your natural resource industries. You look at the mining industry, the logging industry. You look at our food manufacturing. I mean, food manufacturing has become so advanced mm -hmm. over the past few years. And so, you know, the way of doing things has changed. And it's a real opportunity for our state because we can still really be strong in those solid industries that are part of our roots. But it's a whole new job. It's a it's a better job. It's a, a better pay, you know, and it's giving a lot of opportunity for the kids right here in Idaho. Yeah, that's great. So would you say that agribusiness is still probably our leading industry sector? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of in terms of contribution to GDP, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, ag related ag related businesses yeah. is going to be number one. And there there were years, I mean, you know, we were talking in the hallway about HP. I mean, there were yeah. years where technology, um, you know, and, and I think for I, I'll probably get this wrong, but I think right around you know the recessionary years, yeah. that maybe tech um, did surpass it. But ag, you know, in a healthy economy and a normal economy, um, ag is going to be our leading yeah. contributor to a GDP. But that's also counting. I mean, like I said, it's ag business, and so it's 
it's not just <laughs> potato processing, right? It, it Okay, that's long history here. Uh, <laughs> it's Chobani mm-hmm. and yeah. Cliff Bar. And well, those are the those are the businesses that really make that GDP con- mm-hmm. GDP contribution because you know so much of what's grown here doesn't count against our GDP. It's not a finished good. So there's a lot of a lot of businesses and a lot of industry that goes on in the state where we're you know shipping that raw product somewhere else to be finished, and that doesn't count for our GDP. So getting the Chobanis, getting those businesses that can take our raw dairy assets, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. turn it into a yogurt product. Mm-hmm. That's that's great for our for our GDP. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like Matt said, one thing that makes Idaho so, so unique and really cool, frankly, is we add value. So we right. grow the product, you know, be it potatoes, wheat, dairy, we grow it and then we process it and you add value. And by doing that, the supply chain and the jobs that you bring in because of that material that we have. It just, it, it's amazing. Yeah, <clears throat> on a smaller scale than Chobani, but Mother Earth Brewing from San Diego, I heard an interview with them, and they're like, we had like 70% of, you know, what we needed to make beer come from Idaho. It just made perfect sense to, to relocate their company to Idaho. I think they're one, they're also working on a product, or it may be Mother Earth, it may be someone else. It all kind of runs together after a little while. Yeah. <laughs> um, that uh, they're talking about being able to do a, a fully complete Idaho product mm-hmm. because you know Idaho is now leading the nation in hops production. And mm-hmm. when you talk about Mother Earth and you talk about some of those emerging industries, you know, beverage manufacturing is, right. is a hugely growing industry in the state. It's not a lot of job numbers. It's relatively no. small right now, yeah. but it's growing at like 50%. It's like a 50% clip. It's it's crazy. Well, and as a wine drinker, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm yeah. very fond of the local wineries here. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Idaho tourism loves them too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what's happening up, uh, we've talked about Twin Falls area. So Cliff Bar, I mean, that's, They've got a huge factory, and actually, okay, maybe I was going to talk about maybe northern Idaho for a minute, but let's let's talk about the stuff that Twin Falls has been able to do, mm-hmm. and that was because what ten fifteen years ago they invested really heavily in infrastructure, like in a sewer system, mm-hmm. right? And because they did that, suddenly mm-hmm. they're they're booming. Yeah, it's referred to as the Magic Valley miracle, and um, you know. The community really deserves a lot of credit. You know, they they have the resource, you know, they have the dairy, they have those natural resources, but you have to have that infrastructure to build that out. And by making that investment, they were able to really build up their industry. And, you know, it's you get some of these big name companies or your existing businesses grow and really get on the map. And, you know, it's as, as people are looking to come to states, they do their due diligence, right? If, right. if you're looking for milk processing facility, you're automatically going to be looking in that area because it's location quotient. And a lot of that is really, you know, credited to our dairy farmers, but credited to to what that community has done to support industry and to help support that growth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so it's success feeds on success, right? Mm -hmm. And so what am I missing? I mean, I know there's been several other companies that have relocated theirs just in the last couple of years besides Cliff Bar and Chobani. Um, so, um, Jayco, Jayco just did a big expansion this year. Um, and you know, you look at Magic Valley, you also look at the Burley area. McCain Foods has just done a major oh, expansion. Right. Mm-hmm. Fabrical, I mean, Dow Chemical. Um, the Burley area has seen a lot of growth as well. So, you know, that's it's that whole Magic Valley area. Yeah. I think that that's that's really an important point in this is they did a really great job looking at those communities of really coming together and recognizing that that a, you know a win for Burley is a win for Twin Falls right. is a win for Jerome right it's and so you know they've 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 got a great group of people over there that work extremely well together and you know going back to um, you know what some of these companies look for and and you know what some of these site selectors or things like that they're they're looking for that local collaboration when you know if those cities are infighting or not supporting one another yeah. that's not an environment that a business is going to want to come to but when all those communities can be there together and say you know we we think you know, our resources are great but we're kind of impartial to where mm-hmm. you land here. Here, right makes yeah. a huge difference in terms of just a positive impression yeah exactly and then let's talk about Pocatello as well right um, they're growing leaps and bounds 
as is Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls for a different reason entirely, right, because of the the national lab there, Mm -hmm. right? But Pocatello, again, sort of ag business kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Amy's Kitchen came in and took over that factory. That was Mm -hmm. huge. Right? and again, was that was that just because of the city and the and, and the things they were doing, or you know, I think obviously the city and that area was very supportive to that sort sort of company coming in. You had that vacant facility, which was a big draw. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I mean that was a major impressive city and so or facility, and so having that facility, people were looking at it, and yeah. so it was just getting that perfect fit. But absolutely, I mean that's that's the sort of community that's going to support you know, in Amy's kitchen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that facility is unbelievable. I mean, you can't, uh, you can't speak highly enough of that. I mean, we, we toured that, we toured through there when Heinz had made their announcement that they were leaving and it's, yeah. it's a real credit to Mayor Blatt and his team at that time. They, they developed a list of about 200 companies yep. that, um, you know, made sense and they got on the phone with them and they, they worked and they bird dogged that thing. And, you know, they were, some of those folks were unfortunately, you know, laid off in July and August, and and Amy's had hired them back before before Christmas. Right. I mean, it was it was amazing. It was that quick. Fast. They did, yeah, yeah they did yeah. a great job, and and it's a credit to those employees as well. That facility, I want to say, it had won three or four Heinz International awards in terms of cleanliness and operability, and and they, you know they've got the banners hanging in there. I mean, it, it was it's flawless. It was it was beautiful to hmm. think about. You know, the number of the amount of food and the amount of material that goes through that thing. Yeah. It was it was absolutely spectacular, but now Pocatello is doing really well. They're 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 doing very well. I mean, the FBI has made some interesting mm-hmm. expansions over there. Well, and that's a large part and... because also of INL, right? Yeah. The FBI yep. is there because INL, and they're working on cybersecurity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's again. That's you. Okay. You. I don't inherently think Idaho Falls. <laughs> no, nobody does. Right? <laughs> yeah. But that's what they're doing, right? Yeah, I mean, the INL is truly such a treasure. You know, I uh, before I went to Commerce, I worked um, in the governor's office for seven years, so I was always really familiar with the Idaho National Lab. But it wasn't until I really started working at Commerce that I really got to know what all that lab does and get to do some tours. And, I mean, that is truly such a treasure that we have in our backyard. Yeah. And just the potential for some future projects and things coming down the pipeline because of that lab. Yeah. It's it's really remarkable. Yeah, and so the um, ISU campus is doing mm-hmm. a lot of expansion mm-hmm. as a result of that FBI investment and the, the yeah, their their rise isn't it the rise facility yeah, yeah. over there? Yeah. yeah. Well, and they have when you you know so much of that cybersecurity ties back to like large system cybersecurity, and so I, you know I think so often we we think about cybersecurity in the context of like oh, I got this weird link, don't click it. Right. But you know their ISU does an amazing job of this, and and INL is a global leader as well in securing water systems and right. like energy grids, and you know hackers are looking at those things too. It isn't just phishing and spamming emails. Right. It's <laughs> it's you know and you're it's it's almost alarming to hear some of them talk about how insecure our water systems are. And so it's it's cybersecurity on this completely different scale. Uh, um, than, um, truly an industrial scale, right? Right. It's industrial projects but that ISU are, you is, need to lock down. ISU has a great program in that in that regard. I mean, they're growing and mm-hmm. yeah, you can't, uh, nobody, nobody in the world does it better than INL. Yeah, yeah. Um, just small side story, I've, uh, I have a, a Jared and I have a colleague in, in our in our business that her husband has worked at INL for a long time in the security field. And I was at they have a beautiful home up on the bench and I was looking around, I said, Gee, you don't have any home automation stuff here. You don't have a nest thermostat. Yeah. He's like, No, no, no. If you knew what I knew, you would not have that. In the meantime, my house is completely, you know. Yeah, it's completely yeah, Alexa is listening to everything. I was going to say Alexa. listens to everything I do yeah. in yeah. every room of my house. Yeah. 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 Jeff so. Bezos knows everything that's going on <laughs> yeah. in my family. I always yeah. tell people, yeah. yeah, I'm not that interesting. <laughs> They've already shut mine off. They're like, oh, too boring. <laughs> nothing yeah. there. Yeah, so, nothing there. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about North Idaho. What's, what's, what's happening, you know, yeah. Lewiston? Yeah. I think Northern Idaho is seeing some growth as well. Um, you know, we've worked on some projects up in the Coeur d'Alene, Hayden, Post Falls area. 
You know, I think one thing, probably the probably one of the biggest projects we've worked on up there is Orgle, which is a hardware facility um, distribution company, and they came in and um, took over an existing the Dutchman facility, which was a very big facility in Post Falls that had been vacant. Okay. So that was a really big win, but. You know, I think one thing that's really important to keep in mind as you look at Idaho as a state is, you know, it's a win in one area is so different than from a win in another area, right? right. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we really try at the at commerce, you know, every win is a win. It's a big win, be it 10 jobs or be it 100 jobs. And so it just really depends on the community. And, you know, you have some smaller communities, especially up north, and if they could bring in an employer that pays you know, 10 good jobs, you know, that that's a big win. And yeah. so we really see a lot too up north, you know, a lot with the tourism industry. That's a big draw for them. Um, a lot of those communities, you know, Sandpoint. Sandpoint is a really interesting mm-hmm. town, really interesting companies, a lot of tech companies up there, aerospace. You're seeing a lot of aerospace up in that that area. So there, there's a lot of movement. It's just different movement than mm-hmm. you're seeing in the Boise area or in the Magic Valley. I think what's interesting, too, is that um, sports equipment as a category is huge in the state of Idaho. Mm-hmm. And that ranges everything from firearms, right, oh, yeah. to buck knives and, yep. and all kinds of stuff, right? Scott goggles and, yep. and that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a, that's a huge sector for us. Outdoor recreation is is big, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, it is, and and like you said, I mean, especially when you look up north, you look at maybe a little bit more in the rafting yep. um, arena, arms and ammo for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's you've got apparel, and you know, even you know, you look at like the at, at uh, you know the Wood River Valley, and you know, you mentioned Scott and Smith departing a few years ago, but yeah, you know, the Active has come in. Um, you know, there's there's some really interesting interesting companies up 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 that way as Club Ride. I mean. There's a yeah. There there is a lot in that space, and that's a major growing space as well. You know, I, I think we'll continue to see that that really that intersection with Idaho tourism and why so many of us choose to live here. The access to mm-hmm. you know unmatched mm-hmm. rivers and mountains, and it's just right in our backyard. Lakes and skiing and any activity you want, mountain biking, hiking, all of that. It's the perfect place to test those products. It's the perfect place to to put them to use and and find. You know, skilled employees that have a passion for that product, have right. a passion for for you know what the business is ultimately doing. It's it aligns perfectly to our economy and our state. Well, and you highlighted your love of wine, so th- you know the Lewiston <laughs> area has seen you know some oh, growth yeah. with the wine industry mm-hmm. that's becoming very big up there. So yeah, they yeah. were a, a, a AVA designation a couple of years ago, which is you know now see I didn't know a, that. Uh, yep, yep. What, what's their AVA? Um, it, it's a Lewiston AVA. It's it's um it goes into Washington as okay. well but I think two-thirds of the acreage is in Idaho so it's I believe it's it's a Lewiston like a okay. Lewiston Clearwater AVA oh I believe. interesting so okay. it's Idaho's third AVA and it's it's uh, okay so Snake River was the first yep and then Eagle Eagle was number two uh, okay. And Lewiston is number and three. Lewiston is number three. How Absolutely. about that? Yeah. Lin- I... Lindsay Creek. Go. The, you can't beat the view from Lindsay Creek. I, people yeah. have asked a lot. I mean, we, we do a lot of traveling. And, you know, I some of my favorite, one of my favorite places is just anything where you've got a view of, of the Palouse. I mean, Absolutely. Anything you can right. see those rolling hills, mm-hmm. you know, certain times of the year. Sitting out there, you know, the glass wine, it's hard to beat. It's, <laughs> That's it's fantastic. For sure. Yeah. So, and then uh, the port of Lewiston, is it is it still growing? Is it, uh, are, are they, uh, you know? Yeah, they are. I mean, you you talk about it. I view the port kind of as you view, view the Idaho National Lab, a real treasure that we have in our state to say that we have a port is kind of a really big deal. And yeah. so, yeah, they're always constantly looking of ways to kind of expand new things that they can do. And they're, you know, just a real big part of that community in that region of Idaho. Yeah. And so still mostly exports? Yep. Mostly grain and lentils and all that kind of thing, right? Yep, correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, they have that port district, port district. So within that port district, there are certain things they can do. So I know they're always thinking of ways that they can use that district to kind of, you know, get some economic development. Yeah. What's happening on the timber side? Are we, I mean, that you know 25 years ago it was starting to decline and and i don't know where where are we at now was well, as, as, as the director had said earlier that's that's one of those natural resource industries where we're not seeing 
the job growth yeah. in you know in pure job numbers, but we're seeing wage growth, and so there's fewer jobs as technology is 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 improving, and these are better jobs, higher paying jobs. We're still seeing. I mean, there you're gonna you're gonna have that in North Central and Northern Idaho. Mm-hmm. That industry is yeah. is is a stalwart industry for us. Yeah. But um, it's not the same type of like ten year job growth numbers that you're gonna see in in other industries. I would liken it to to mining. Yeah. Is is there still a lot of harvesting that's going on or yeah there there is i think like matt said i think you know people connotate it with not still being a major part of our economy because there aren't as many jobs but it's just because it's so manufactured now so advanced and so you know we're still producing a lot we just don't need to you just don't need as many feet on the ground to do it i um of course you, you you know, you see the mills that used to be in Horseshoe Bend, and they used to be in Emmett, and mm-hmm. they used to, you know, be in Cascade, and and mm-hmm. you know they're all gone now, right? Um, yeah. So I think you're seeing fewer mills produce more. Yeah. For sure. And I uh, a few week few months ago t- uh, toured a Idaho Forest Group mill and um, Idaho Forest Products mill, and it's I mean it, I was blown away the just how like advanced that thing is. Have, yeah, yeah. It's just. Everything they can do, it's amazing. Yeah. So are, are, is there any finished product stuff that's happening here, or is it mostly just harvesting the timber for shipment elsewhere? We have wood grain up in yeah. Fruitland yeah. with windows. And, and Emmett, too, right? They yeah, and yeah. Emmett. Emmett, so Emmett yes. does it as yeah. well. Yeah. There's yeah. some finished products that come out of here. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at um, we every year, kind of right around this time, you start getting some different um, – industry metrics that are that are more complete from the year before and so we were looking at kind of traditional industry job growth and emerging industry job growth and um, you know as we talk about the magic valley one of the emerging industries in the magic valley was like finished furniture and and i had no idea why we couldn't we couldn't pinpoint why we couldn't pinpoint why it wasn't like there was a big employer that that we were aware of anywhere there certainly could have been but um, that was one that popped up on the radar in the in the Magic Valley. So yeah, I, I can't speak to any specifics, mm. but it, okay, it that's was something that was jumping in terms of a, an in, increase in a ten year growth mm. average. Oh wow, yeah, that's really fascinating. Let's yeah. talk. I want to talk for a minute, kind of go back to the uh, Department of Commerce itself, and you know, a lot of people here are familiar with Boise Valley Economic Partnership and kind of what they do. They're out trying to recruit and get companies. What what would you kind of what's your elevator pitch on what you guys do at the at the department well you know i think um what we do is we're a partner you know we're a statewide agency and so we're a partner we're a partner to the bvep we're a partner to a standalone business and so you know our job at the agency is to promote the state and support our existing businesses and so we do that through a different a few different ways we have a few different divisions at the team we have at the agency uh, we have a business attraction side which works a lot with a BVEP sure Um, we have a business retention and expansion team which works with our existing businesses ensuring we're giving them the support that they need and helping them if they're poised for an expansion, if they have workforce challenges, things like that. We have an international team that you know helps small businesses get into the export market. Um, really? okay. We partner with the Idaho State Department of Agriculture and manage three trade offices, one in Taiwan, one in China, and one in Mexico. We also, through our international team, do one or two trade missions a year in partnership with the Idaho State uh, Department of Agriculture. Um, and then we have a community development team because, you know, community development team goes, community development really goes hand in hand with economic development. It goes back to you have to have the infrastructure to support projects. So mm-hmm. we're really a partner uh, in economic development. And we just we do that through a few different, you know, revenues. Yeah. Interesting. What's what's your when your phone rings? What's who's on the other line? You know, what's, what are, <laughs> it really depends. It's real it's all oh, and tourism. We, tourism's a major, one of our divisions yeah. at the agency yeah. too. Okay. Which, you know, tourism is Idaho's third largest industry. And I think it is. Okay. People aren't aware of that. I mean, tourism's a big economic driver in the state. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, most of the time our phone rings, it is, you know, an existing business, okay. uh, you know, an Idaho business that, that has a question, has a challenge, is looking for some assistance, whether that's one of our programs that, that provides that assistance or 
it's through a partnership. It's through sort of resource brokering. It's you know knowing who we can point them to mm-hmm. wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. It's it's trying to assist that group. Um, if it's not a business, it may be a community, mm-hmm. and and that community is talking about you know to the director's point, to Phil's comment earlier. Um, you know, we we need to you know we've got a business that may be relocating and expanding. We need to improve our sewer facilities, or we need a wastewater mm-hmm. facility, or something along those lines. So it's working on on those types of projects. And then, you know, we're always looking at ways that we can promote Idaho. Right. So whether that is, you know, um, in export services, whether that is, you know, talking about Idaho as a great place for a foreign direct investment, or, you know, certainly from a consumer side, uh, this is a place where you should consider taking a vacation. This is where you should recreate right. and your family here. So there's, there's different buckets. But Can you put uh, click the pause button on promoting Idaho? <laughs> just just like for six months. And the secret's out. Yeah, I know. Secret it's is, too late. The secret is out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot easier than it was just even a few years ago. Oh, I bet. Um, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, and so along those lines, right, so yesterday uh, the Boise Valley Economic Partnership had a their economic summit, uh, their second annual, and there was some really interesting conversation. And the, the first, they did a uh, uh, panel, uh, first panel, and it was with uh, two gentlemen from CBRE mm-hmm. out of Chicago, and they're essentially consultants that do site selection stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought it was really fascinating. They said that when out of 900 communities, right, that the when Boise is sorted, we land in the top 30 just about always, mm-hmm. right, for, for best places to, to, to relocate depending on what industry or they're, they're in. I thought that was, a, that was fascinating. And also they said they had something like 125 clients and Boise shows up in 20% of those on their, their search list. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boise's not always selected mm-hmm. on that, but their 20% of their clients have looked at Boise, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's amazing, right? It is, yeah. It's 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 incredible, and it's um, it's a testament to to a number of uh, you know a number of different things. Um, yeah, you know, this didn't happen overnight. No, no, <laughs> it most it most definitely didn't, and and it's a credit you know to Clark and his organization. I mean, they they have worked to really build yeah. great relationships with a lot of those those site selection firms. Um, you know, it's a testament to to the great work of the city, mm-hmm. yeah. making this a, you know a very livable mm-hmm. place, um, a, a very desirable place to be. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's fascinating to hear from those site selectors, and, and the director does a lot more work in terms of really engaging with them on on hard projects, along with our business attraction team and some of those local groups. But um, you know, when when we check some of the preliminary boxes, and, and you know, they kind of hinted at it yesterday, we don't ever hear about a project right. unless they know we've got the right workforce. Right. They they have data systems and, mm-hmm. and modeling, so they aren't just coming to us. It's it's not like Amazon, you yeah. know, the whole thing they did where they just kind of threw it out there. <laughs> right, and, right. You know, that isn't the way that it works. Yeah. And yeah. Come, so, come spend millions of dollars, you know, promoting your, your location, right? Right, and, yeah. It's not usually yeah. like that. And yeah. so, but when they, when Boise or some other place in Idaho checks a lot of those boxes, whether it's workforce or available mm-hmm. land or, you know, certain things that are really important to those projects, energy costs, things like that. It's uh, it's amazing to see us land on some of these lists. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as they had said yesterday, too, then once you get people here and they experience... Get their feet on the ground here and mm-hmm. see it. And... You, I mean, you, you, I can't tell you, and you've probably had this 10 times more than I've had, I, I can't tell you how many times people have said, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, they exactly. Think, they think potato farms, you know, they don't think mountains <laughs> and rivers and, you know, the d- diversity of the state. Um, do you guys get initial inquiries from companies that want to relocate to Idaho? We do. So our um, inquiries either come through site selectors or they come directly from companies looking mm-hmm. um, to invest in the state. And are you providing them with some analytics information that help them make a decision we do so when we get one of those leads at the agency our business attraction team gathers um, the information of what the project needs so you know what sort of resources how much land how much power what kind of where they want to be existing facility new facility things like that and then we send it out statewide to our partners and then our partners 
could get back to us properties that they have that would qualify gotcha. for that project. We compile that information. We make sure what we've received, you know, meets all of the 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 things on their checklist and then we are sending that um, back out either to the site selector or the company and then a lot of times we do that and then you wait yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> they, do the, they do their own thing right you know? and then they come back to you and they say okay we've whittled you down to about three others it's you and three other states or whatever and then they actually come out and do the boots on the ground and then you wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so sometimes, and they mentioned that yesterday, I mean, these projects take a really long time. They don't just happen overnight. Right. And it's, you know, a lot of relationship building and due diligence of getting them the information and, you know, and hopefully you land it. But it, it, it is quite a process to, to get these projects from start right. to finish. Yeah. What is there a common theme or denominator as to why people may not relocate here? Or do you not get that feedback? Is, I mean, I, I always hear, oh, well, tax incentives, or we went there because of this or that. I mean, do you guys hear any of that feedback? You know, truly, it's different. Every project's different. Right. So every project that has a truly comes with boots on the ground that we don't get, it's it, it's all different why yeah. they chose where they wanted to go. And I think they highlighted this, too. So a lot of times it's it's personal connections. I mean, we worked on a project we thought we had, and they ended up going to where the CEO was born. You know, and right. so, okay. and that's that's you out of our control. Yeah. We can't control <laughs> yeah. that, right? More important, the CEO's family. Like, yeah, the CEO's family liked it. You know, and right. so yeah. it's every project yeah. is just it's so sometimes it's just just never know. They're all different. Right. I think a lot of times, so I mean, if if yeah, I think the director's exactly right. If there were one that I was going to say, I mean it. It does seem like if, if we can't really nail workforce, I think you've got it. Right. It really yeah. does True. more often. I mean, when they feel really comfortable that they're going to be able to get the right folks with the right focus mm -hmm. and background and skill set. Um, well, that was a theme, not not in the last 10 years of companies that did want to move here and the skilled labor they needed just wasn't here. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's and that goes back to tech schools and mm -hmm. education and what we need here to educate the Idaho and uh, I you think know, citizens. CWI has right. been a huge a huge fastest growing community college yeah. in yeah, the country, United yeah. States for a couple years, years I think and yeah. and workforces and it's a challenge that everyone's facing and mm -hmm. you know be good or bad it's not just an Idaho specific problem but what's really great about Idaho is that we've recognized we have a problem and we're starting to make the investments to ensure that you know we are we're raising our workforce. They're homegrown. We're making sure that the kids are getting the skills that they need. So we have, we have that workforce for the future. And we've been really flexible and nimble with our workforce training centers, our community colleges. So if a project does come in, be new or an existing company with a major expansion that they just don't have the workforce and they need training, being able to just on the turn of a dime, you know, bust out those sort of programs to train existing workforce to accommodate those companies. That was a comment that yesterday. yesterday that I, th I again, yeah. it was like, that was an aha moment for mm -hmm. me too, is that they said that without exception, any of the Idaho higher education institutions all were like business people, right? It's like industry comes in, they talk to the president of whatever school that's in the area, and they're like, yep, we can adapt, we can do, we can we can accommodate, we mm -hmm. can, yeah. we're there for you. Yeah, it isn't, I mean, CWI's done an amazing job locally, but you know, CSI is yeah. unbelievable in right. the Magic mm -hmm. Valley. North Idaho College mm -hmm. is absolutely fantastic up north. I mean, their aerospace program up there is recognized by Boeing as one of the top uh, programms, you know, workforce development training type programs nationwide. There's a, and that's going to be a big surprise to a lot of people here in the Valley that may not be aware of what's going on up there with aerospace. Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, like the director had said, and like we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, we, we have, even though, you know, we do talk about food and ag yeah. a lot, you know, Idaho has a, a pretty well diversified economy. You know, there was an interesting story in the Washington Post the day after Christmas that compared, uh, it was right around when some job growth numbers came out and it compared Idaho's economy to Wyoming's economy. Yes, and, I and remember it, that. Yeah, and so with with the with the Wyoming line of thinking, it, you know, is so tied to to natural resources, oil and gas, extraction mm -hmm. industry, right? And 
the, the po- one of the points of the article was like it may be a blessing for Idaho that we didn't have those types of riches underground because it forced us to to it not become too dependent mm-hmm. on it. And so I think it's a it's a testament to a lot of our our universities and our community colleges as well at, at the diversity that they have to put in. It'd be one thing if we just had to focus on extraction, right? Mm-hmm. Oil and gas and, you know. You can, whatever it is you want to do, but as long as 90% of what we're doing is focused right there, we're going to hit our workforce. We have, we have challenges there. Diverse, the fact that yeah. we have a pretty diverse economy that we've got a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this, and we've got to adapt for local needs up north or down south. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's very interesting, but it is, it is really a testament to those groups because they are great to work with. They are, mm-hmm. um, our universities are great to put in front of businesses. They do understand it. They turn things on a dime. Uh, they're great partners. Yeah, and at least to have that coming from a site selector, right, as a comment saying, we were so impressed by, you know, mm-hmm. all the universities being able to step mm-hmm. up and, and help us out. It's, mm-hmm. it's what we have to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We absolutely have to have it as we have unemployment rates that are where they're at. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. tough when it's mm-hmm. just like there aren't just warm bodies everywhere that can jump on. We have to have proactive training. And this was another like really f- fascinating thing that I hadn't thought about before. Um, that's the low unemployment rate is actually an attractive thing to these site selector people, right? <laughs> he said we're not we're not cruising the unemployment lines trying to find workers, right? We want to we're 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 there trying to identify the the people that are underemployed or or ready to to do something that's more challenging, mm-hmm. um, and places that have more full employment, mm-hmm. right, are are where we want to be. I, I I you know I hadn't really thought about that before, so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two theories of thought, you know, it's, it, it just depends who you talk to, right? And so, you know, it, it, it kind of just is project based too, I think. But yeah, I mean, you knowing that you have a skilled trained workforce, it's one of our biggest assets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing too, kind of going back to the universities and what makes Idaho so great is one of our strongest resources is our ability to bring people together. And so when we have these projects, be it new or an expansion project, we get all the state agencies together. We get the utilities together, be it power, water. We get the universities together. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for these projects. So they don't have to call Commerce and say, well, how how can you help me with this? And then they call the Tax Commission, and then they call Idaho Power, and then they, you know, we help them coordinate all of that. And that, I think, is a really big selling point that just – we say we move at the speed of business. We just we make it seamless and fast for these companies. And honestly, we've had a governor who gets hands on. I mean, he does. I mean, <laughs> Governor Otter could sell a French fry to potato potato farmer. I mean, he is truly our best salesman. And you know, especially at Commerce, we have been so fortunate because him and the lieutenant governor i mean anytime they need to be part of these projects they are right there yeah you know they are right there meeting these companies and i think it takes them back sometimes because they're just not used to that access to to leadership that we have on the state level so they are very very (laughs) fortunate on the state level we we tell the story i've I've told the story a few times but when i first started at commerce um, four years ago almost four or five years ago we were doing some work in the unmanned uh aerial system uas recruitment and again kind of using inl is is really a great partner to get some different groups out here to kind of test at some of their airspace and so we were on the phone with this company um they were a Bay Area company making a you know, kind of a consumer type drone, and um, it was you know it was like a Friday, maybe 10 a.m. Um, and and our previous director Sayer had walked in and saw a few of us in a conference room and just kind of like poked his head in and said, "What are you guys doing?" And we you know put the phone on mute and we're like, "Well, we're on the phone with this company." And, oh, okay. So he just kind of comes and sits <laughs> down, and we unmute the phone and. We say to the folks on the other end, you know, we'll just want to let you know our director joined and Jeff says hello. And, and so the CEO of the company says, now, now, who are who are you? And he says, well, I'm, I'm the director of commerce. And, and the guy says, so like you're the secretary of commerce like for the governor? And, and Jeff says, well, no, that's not exactly what we call it. But yeah, essentially. And they just start belly laughing on the other end of the phone. And they're like, do you know what it would take for us to get the secretary of commerce of California right. on the phone? And you just decided to poke your head in and drop in on the call because you're interested. And it was an illuminating moment of like, that's the type of access you have in Idaho. That's yeah. not uncommon. You're going to get the director on the phone. You want to call her up? You're going to yeah. get her on the phone. You know, we're, we're 
were interested. You can it's a it's only one or two degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, half the time, you know, the governor's phone numbers in the phone book, so <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not too hard to reach. But you know, it's I think that's really what makes Idaho one of the, one of the many amazing qualities to do business yeah. here is it's just you you have access to folks that you just wouldn't get that sort of access in other states. And it is genuine enthusiasm too. It is. There is it no is one genuine. more excited about that stuff than Governor Otter. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I've had the opportunity to, a couple of his presentations, he's told stories about recruitment and stuff. And there's a, a not to be named company in the Midwest, central Illinois, that's been out here a number of times, apparently. And I don't know where that stands, if they've ever made a decision. But he, he talks about the fact that, you know, he's been out with them so many times and <laughs> no comment. No comment. Yeah, yeah, no comment. Yeah. So I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So is that is that particular thing? Is that a, is that in the in the in the just sort of hanging out, waiting for them to make a decision? We have or? we have a lot of projects in the pipeline. I mean, we yeah. probably have fifteen, twenty projects we're working on that are all in the pipeline from throughout yeah. the state, and some of them will come to fruition, and some of them won't. Yeah. Yeah, and countless other projects. I mean, you can't you can't count the number of conversations that that some longtime leaders, whether it, yeah, whether it's lieutenant governor, um, governor. I mean, yeah, yeah. Some of those things take a really long time, and there's certain leadership, and there's things like that that when you know the timing is right to have to have mm-hmm. those folks in those leadership positions that have built those relationships. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. It's invaluable. But yeah, I mean, there's there there are some companies that you know you'd see that have that have come across our radar that like holy cow that that's an amazing (laughs) like i i know exactly who they are yeah everybody does right right that'd be amazing to have in idaho and but i can't talk about it yeah Yeah. exactly right yeah you you just hope one day you know the the stars align and like the gentleman said yesterday like you just want to keep getting swings you just want to keep getting at bats yeah exactly you know take your cuts and because it is a numbers game, happen. right? Yeah. It, it's, it's sales. It, it's sales. It's a numbers game. It's you gotta you gotta make get the pipeline full to be able to win a percentage of the stuff in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. What, what I know it sounds like everything is hunky dory, everything's going great. But what challenges do you guys have at the commerce? Yeah, so it's really interesting that you bring that up in perfect timing. So um, you know, hands down, as we travel the state, workforce is the number one challenge that uh, we hear from folks. But you know, coming in a close second and third is uh, broadband connectivity and affordable yeah. housing. And so um, we just hired at the agency um, a position to address affordable housing and broadband. And so uh, this gentleman's job is to be out there talking to communities, traveling to other states to see what they're doing um, to kind of help in these two arenas. Um, and you know, decide what is the proper role of government? What can we do on the state level to kind of address some of these challenges and help our communities? And, you know, it's really interesting because you go back to the diversity of our state and, you know, broadband, you have people in Boise saying, how do I get faster internet? You could have someone in very rural Idaho's head explode if they heard you say that because they just want connectivity, Mm -hmm. you know, and same with affordable housing, Mm -hmm. you know, everywhere. People are having problems with affordable housing, but it's kind of different issues. So I would say hands down, those are uh, two of the challenges that we see. And we are trying to, um, you know, really address them head on because we know they're not going to go away. And when it comes just educate me a little bit on the broadband, because we've heard that from a lot of other companies, people. Um, well, as realtors, we hear it from prospective clients that right. want to relocate mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, I, they work remotely. They need a certain, you right. know. Yep upload download what i'm not techie but um is it boiled down to infrastructure is what it is it it does especially you know when you look at our rural areas it's infrastructure and it's that last mile yeah and for that for that one customer and it's cost right if Mm -hmm. it's that last mile and you're in rural idaho it can be really expensive and Mm -hmm. so that's really that's where we hear a lot of the issues is kind of in that last mile that rural area but you know then internet speed is definitely as i'm sure you know is Mm -hmm. being in a market where it's people work from home and they need to be able to 
it's data-driven society. We got to send our emails. We got to send that attachment. We got to be able to access files, and so you need while to have, while watching Netflix, while watching our Netflix, <laughs> yeah. and, and checking Facebook, yeah. and taking uh, taking selfies. Right. <laughs> and, and I don't know if it's the nature of where I've been getting my leads from, but I can't tell you the number of people I talk to every single week that want a piece of property in the mountains above Boise. Right off Fado Twenty One Wilderness mm-hmm. Ranch area, whatever, whatever. Right, but they want to work from home, work remotely, and they do tele teleconferencing and stuff, and that's just not even possible. I mean, there's not even cell phone connection mm-hmm. there, right? And they're so disappointed, right, that that they don't have that kind of connectivity mm-hmm. or access, and you know they're looking at buying a half million dollar piece of property up there. Well, and that's still another industry too. I mean, it, to you know, to, to piggyback on the challenge, you know, we are seeing a growth in you know, I, I've heard other realtors call it you know, third bedroom businesses and, yeah. Yeah. and folks mm-hmm. who who do that and mm-hmm. are moving from you know whether you're moving from a Seattle or a San Francisco or something along the li- along those lines, or you're just you know you're a native Idahoan and you can make some money selling a product online. Right, right, and, exactly. You know, you're doing it. You're doing it there. That that's really growing mm-hmm. in the state. Yeah. And you look at rural Idaho, is, is, which is, you know, a priority for us, is how can we help spur some growth in rural Idaho? And, you know, like you just said, folks want to live there, but they need to be able to be connected. Yep. And so it's, you know, it it's goes back to you got to have that infrastructure right. to get the growth. Mm-hmm. And there's always these, when, especially when you think about affordable housing and you, you read some studies, there's, there's this misnomer that, well, it should be less expensive because you're out in the country or it's rural. But actually, rural housing prices are more mm-hmm. expensive oftentimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we f- maybe don't have that perspective mm-hmm. living in Boise or the Treasure right. Valley. But that when you, when you tack on the fact that, yeah, housing, it isn't any less expensive, mm-hmm. you know, out in a rural area. It's expensive and to drill that well to... in the mountains to get to water. Right. It's expensive to put in that drain field. Absolutely. Yeah. Groceries are more expensive. And now, yeah. you know, broadband, if you yeah. want to have access, you know, to, to whatever whatever type of connectivity you can purchase in that area, then that becomes expensive, too. It just seems it's... like it could be a, the private sector that fixes all this. I mean... I don't know. It just seems like the demand's there, and they're saying, "Well, yeah, I can pay thirty bucks a month for slow internet. I'll pay a hundred bucks a month if it's really mm-hmm. if it's fast." Like it just seems like there's, you know, an o- opportunity there for these these companies to mm-hmm. take control of that situation. But yeah. it's critical mass. Yeah, it's it's. I'm, I I would agree. I think that you know that would be collectively our mm-hmm. our our hope is that it's a it's a private sector solution right um, but to have the volume the quantity of people necessary mm-hmm. to make a, a valid business case for them and um, you know as we've as we've heard it's 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 typically it's you know a hundred bucks a month it's 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 more than that right they're well, talking about more bad, than that. bad numbers there but yeah uh, yeah I mean it, it isn't uh, it isn't well, something to shake a stick at I'm personally hoping that 5G comes really fast. The new, the new 5G cellular te- te- technology, and um, that gives us a an alternative here in the valley mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to the two providers, count them two that we have, yeah. right? Um, and uh, and to be able to provide that, to be able to have a cellular broadband right. that you can extend up, you know, into the into the rural areas would be awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what are what are the kinds of things that you guys are going to be reaching out and, and doing kind of new new stuff? Mm. Uh, so one new thing that's kind of exciting is um, we're really starting to be a bit more strategic when it comes to, you know, business attraction and start using kind of existing resources and building upon them. And so um, one thing we're doing that we're really excited to try out to see how it works is um, through our international team, we go on trade shows mm-hmm. and um, aerospace I, is a big growing industry in the state. And so we are taking, I think, 10 aerospace companies in July to is it Farnsboro? Farnsboro, the Farnsboro Air Show. And, you know, that's an opportunity for them to help 
in the export market. But what we're also so doing is that UK? UK. Yep. yep. What okay. we're also doing this time is we are actually sending someone from our business attraction team and we're actually working with a consultant trying to identify, okay, at this show what might be some good companies for us to reach out to. What are some good supply chain companies we should reach out to? So working with our existing aerospace industry to kind of take advantage of something we're already going to be at. It's a growing industry and to right. see 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 what happens. And so I know that's something that I'm really excited about. Um, I know on the tourism side we're doing some things, which I can let um, Matt highlight that. Yeah, I mean, our, our tourism industry really does just continue to grow. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what you see statewide. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, our program is funded through a 2% lodging tax. And so that, um, that program has now grown. We anticipate collecting um, just about $12.5 million this, this next year, um, which is up from $11.2 million the year before, which was up from $9.9 million the year before that, up from $8.8 million the year before that. Wow. So, so it's, a, it's almost exponential. It's, it's, I mean, we yeah. grew by 12.4% last year. We grew by 13.4% the year yeah. before that. We're up 11.4% this year. So it's, um, you know, the, the eclipse was amazing, you know, earlier this year oh, sure, and, and sure. things like that. That, you know, that that certainly helped. We'd like to do that every year, not just <laughs> once every 140 yeah. Can you make that happen? Right. Yeah. We would, yeah, that, would be, that would be pretty great. But uh, but now we're, we're able to do um, a lot different thing, a lot of different, a lot of new different things there. And probably the most exciting thing is, you know, from an international tourism perspective, hmm. uh, you know, that represents about six to eight percent of the travelers to Idaho. And we're rejoining a consortia with Montana. Wyoming, North Dakota, and South Dakota to partner Yellowstone, on yeah, Glacier, yeah. Rushmore. And, yeah. um, but it was really cool. We were, we were down just last week in Denver at the U.S. U.S. Travel puts on an international, they call it International Powwow. It's uh, the largest domestic international tourism trade show. And so 6,500 folks from all over the world coming and we had like 110 meetings in three days and visiting with whether it's international media. Um, I mean, we had three tables. Our team did, did just a, a fantastic job of, of organizing this. And um, so just the excitement of the other states and the other, you know, and just the, the international folks that we met with who were, you know, our, our maybe their, their clients are folks who have traveled to the U.S. several times. And, you know, they've ticked off kind of that tier one bucket list. They, they went to New York. They've done Disneyland. They've been right. in Florida. You know, tier two is, okay, they're going to go check out a national park. They're going to go do Yellowstone. They're going to go do Rushmore. Okay, well, now what's next? They want right. to go back. Keep and, them, yeah. and, you know, Boise is on that list. Sun Valley is on that list. Coeur d'Alene is on that list. And, and so having those conversations with them saying, you know, yeah. we've heard about the culinary scene. We've heard about the wine. We've yep. heard about, you know, we'd love to do a rafting trip or those types of things. So very cool to, to sort of have that uh, have those conversations over a few days very we're, we're really excited to be back in this in this consortia and to work together with these partner states so that's uh it'll be big but our, our team is is fantastic and and it's uh it's going to be very good for the state that's awesome well bobby joe matt thanks for coming on today we really appreciate your time thank you for thank having you us yeah, you bet both. we'll have you guys on again mm-hmm.